Watson over the middle. Intercepted. Demonte KZ with the pick and great field position for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hello and welcome back to the Real Steel podcast, where we talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. No BS, just the real steel. I'm your host, Jeff Schmidt, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Polt. And dude, let me just start things off by saying this. Nine and eight to finish the season. We just barely missed the playoffs. But I think we ended the season on a high note. I don't think you can question that. And for me, it's an unpopular opinion, but I am okay with the fact that we didn't make playoffs. I am strangely at peace, and I have some closure on this season. What about you? Yeah, for me, it's a little bit of mixed emotions. I mean, finishing the year six and one is definitely an awesome way to finish the year and and ending it against the Browns beating them 28 to 14 pretty handedly it's just a cherry on top to end the season but for me for sure I'm I am a little disappointed we didn't make this the playoffs and I don't know in my opinion as a as a Steelers fan I expect more and playoffs are important to me and uh, I think that's where the disappointment comes in but the team definitely turned it around and from where they started the year yeah I'm I'm very happy with where they ended up yeah don't get me wrong I I have mixed emotions as well. Of course, I wanted to get into the playoffs. That would have been great. I mean, we've talked about this in our last handful of episodes. Yeah, I was on that train of, of this would be great. Get into the playoffs, get Kenny some experience. And, and I was bummed when, you know, when the Jets lost and everything kind of fell apart. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I kind of feel like it might be a little bit of a blessing in disguise. I mean, we turned the season around. Things seem to be clicking going into the offseason. I think we have a lot to look forward to in, in 2023. Hear me out. I know this probably isn't the best thing to say as a fan, and I think everyone who listens knows how big of fans we both are. We're emotionally yeah. attached to this team. Um, but I, I think had we made playoffs, we would have gone up to Buffalo right? They smoked us earlier this year. That team has a lot to play for right now. And that's outside of the whole DeMar Hamlin situation too. Um, yeah, for they sure. Want revenge in the AFC. They're a really good team. I have a hard time seeing us win. If we go there, then if by chance, if we had won, if we win that game, then you go to Kansas city. Cause we'd be the lowest seed go to play an arrowhead. I don't know. I think we just have to kind of be grateful for how we ended the season. Of course we can go back. We can say, you know, we could have won one more game. It would be a little bit different. And we've talked about that before. We'll probably talk about it again in this episode. Yeah. But um, I think we held up our end of the deal on Sunday, right? We took care of business. We did what was needed from our side of things. Um, and I think we have to realize that the situation we are in is pretty cut and dry when you don't control your own destiny. So yeah. I'm at peace. We end on a high note um, this year, maybe only this year. Um, I'd rather end on a high note than get spanked in a playoff game because that sucks. Yeah, it does. Last year ended on a sour note, especially to end Ben's career. But, I mean, to kind of put your thought and play devil's advocate a little bit, I did think we were one of the hottest teams going into the playoffs if we would have made it. And and we're an entirely different team than the last time we went to Buffalo. I'm not saying we would have went up there and went one, but Buffalo did not play that well against the Patriots. They you know, have everything going on that's going on. And we're a different team. We had TJ Watt back. We're one of the healthiest we've been all year. I mean, I just think that that first game was was or was dominated by big plays by them, and that might not happen with TJ Watt in there. And so, and and Kenny Pickett's a better player. He has more starts under his belt and all that. So yeah. I do think we could have competed. Would we have won? I don't know. So yeah, maybe going out in a winning fashion rather than a heartbreaking loss is a better way to end the season. 
But um, I, I just would have liked to see what this team could do because I really think they could have made some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. We, I, I think I've, I've read a few things um, or listened to a couple, you know, media personalities who said that we out of out of the Brown or not the Browns out of the Patriots and out of um, the Dolphins, the Dolphins, we probably are the better of the three, even though we lost to both of those teams. Well, one thing that probably sucks the most is it's very likely two is not going to play. I, I don't know. Very likely might not be the right way to say that, but there's a good chance he doesn't play. And so they're going to get absolutely destroyed by Buffalo. And I feel like we would have played a closer game, which would have just been better overall. Yeah. I think if you look at the way the AFC is right now with the playoff matchups, I think you might have one good game. Yeah. In Los Angeles versus Jacksonville. I think yep. Cincinnati should spank Baltimore again. Yep. And I think that Buffalo will very easily handle Miami. So yeah, um, yeah, it is what it is. We'll see what happens moving forward. Yeah, but, we'll enjoy watching from the sidelines. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, we'll watch from the sidelines. So let's talk just a little bit about the Browns game. Um, and yeah. then for the listeners, what we're actually going to do is um, kind of talked about pol- doing a little bit of our, you know, some of our main takeaways from the 2022 season, kind of just tie a bow on, on this year, I guess is probably a good way to put it. Um, get some closure here for the season and, and do a little bit of forward looking. And then after that, and, and we'll bring this up again, but I think, you know, we're having fun doing this. We're going to keep putting out some episodes. I'm not sure if it will be every week or every two weeks or whatever the cadence might be in the off season. But yeah. uh, for now, maybe, you know, we do continue some of the weekly episodes, but I think in those we'll do a little bit deeper dive on things. So, you know, maybe we'll talk about specific moves the Steelers might make, or maybe we'll focus one episode on, you know, potential coordinators if there's open positions or, you know, what the free agency market like might look like or who we should resign from our team draft previews, all that stuff. I think we'll dedicate individual episodes to. So cool yeah. stuff moving forward, but yeah. And, and just well, like one more point on that in this episode, we're going to do some more, a lot more reactionary opinion based uh, season recap thoughts. And one of the next episodes, maybe next week or the one after that, we will get more into the details of the statistics of how our season went, offense, defense, special teams, all that. So don't look for too many statistics-based stuff from the season as a whole. Um, in this episode, there will be more reactionary, but we'll, we'll definitely get into that. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Okay, so let's talk Browns just for a few minutes here. I don't think we'll, we'll take too long. Um, the game really got off to a slower start than I yeah. think we would have liked. But overall, I mean – I'd say come on in the second half a little bit more strongly and, and, you know, put together a, a relatively decent performance to end the season. I mean, you look at the scoreboard, it's a win. Um, what stood out to you most from the game? Does anything jump out? Yeah. Cause actually I completely forgot about this until I just saw the drive summary. And the first thing you got to point out is Mike Tomlin might be the worst challenger in the entire NFL, maybe in the oh. history of the NFL. Oh yeah. I mean, just if you talk about that first drive, we drove right down the field on them. It looked easy. We get to the one. Najee Harris scores a touchdown, and for whatever reason, Tomlin doesn't challenge it. And I don't know if you want to challenge all year. I don't know when the last time he's won a challenge. He always seems to be. And they rushed to the line and snuck it with Kenny Pickett. And, and that's really frustrating because later on in the game, there was a, a first down um, right before the two-minute warning. It was right before something. I think a two-minute warning in the first half, actually. And uh, – we were given a first down by the refs, but I thought it was a little bit of a generous spot, and I thought it was a little close. And we took our good old time getting a line of scrimmage, and mm-hmm. and we got a playoff, and they didn't move us back. But there was no there was no rush to to get to the line of scrimmage then on a questionable play. Why did we do it on one that we should have challenged? So I just felt the handling of that was terrible. 
So I, I had to point that out. Yeah, that, that was like I, the first big takeaway. I guess the not to, to defend anyone here because I'm totally on your side. I completely yeah. agree with everything that happened. I guess if you're Mike Tomlin, you're sitting there, you're thinking this is within the first few minutes of the first quarter. He yeah. said it's first down. We have second down, third down, and we'll get some points on fourth if it doesn't work out. Um, I, I guess that was his rationale. Like, yeah, we have that's two fair. more chances to pound it in. And I don't want to waste my challenge at the very beginning of the game. That said, it was really frustrating to see the fact that Najee wanted us to challenge the play. And, right. And there was another play where Pickens had that amazing toe tap catch. Yeah. And he he made you guys can't see us if you're just listening to us, but he made like a motion with his arms. Yeah. Um, I guess it was trying to, to tell him to, to look at the replay. He was that one I'll I'll say would have been way harder to win. I don't know. I mean, I think it was a catch, and a lot of the people online think it's a catch, but it would have been tough to overturn. But still, yeah, he's just, it's like he doesn't trust his, his players or something. And remember that Minka interception a couple games ago? Like, oh, early in the season. I think that was against the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's yeah, just I, weird. I, I, I don't know what he's seen. And, and like, I get the whole thought of we get two more plays, maybe three to punch it in. But with how bad our offense has been in the red zone, I mean, we have not converted very much in the red zone. That's been, as listeners have brought up, that's been one of our the biggest issues we've had on offense. With with that, knowing that, why don't you take a second, make sure you see the replay here from the people in the booth, and challenge it. I mean, it was a touchdown, and, and we ended up fumbling the ball and, and, and not scoring. So, yeah. I mean, it didn't end up hurting us, but I, I, I thought that was a really bad mismanagement of the game. Right, but at the time, I mean, in the, at the end of the day, it didn't hurt us. But at the time, it, it definitely did, and it felt yeah. like it did, right? Because you go down seven nothing in this game, and I think yeah. was that the, the BS call uh, that that led to the touchdown, the call on Cam Hayward. I believe so. Yes, yes, I think it was because I remember getting pretty fired up that <clears throat> that kind of put them up on the scoreboard early. Um, and fortunately, you answer back with the touchdown. You get a field goal, and, and you have a lead. And, at half and then you kind of turn on the jets there in the second half but at the time of the game when that was happening i mean that really almost did set the tone you could argue that that kind of set the tone for much of the first half of the game yeah agreed and i mean and that kind of brings me to my second point we didn't punch it in on the end zone on that first drive and it kind of looked like kenny pickett was off in the first half that was i don't know to me he just he just seemed off he was missing throws that he doesn't miss and they were pretty bad misses too. He just looked like he he wasn't feeling or wasn't in rhythm or or something. But I mean, as kind of it kind of matches how the season has gone. Start slow and then finish strong. And man, he finished the second half strong. He played an awesome second half. But so it was good to see that he was able to battle through adversity in the first half, get through it. We we still are in the game, and then and then have a strong second half. But I did I did think that was one of his poorer halves of, of football this year. Yeah, he ended the game with a completion percentage under 50%. Um, there you go. Probably a lot in the first half. Yeah, usually a sign of, of not a great game. Um, but I agree. He, he did kind of turn things on um, towards the second half. Talk about the rushing game a little bit. 148 yards on the ground. We had eight different people rush the ball. That's kind That's of crazy. crazy. Yeah. Um, a lot of teams don't get, you know, more than 10 in an entire season. Um, yeah. We had eight in one game, but good productivity there. I mean, Najee 23 for 84, Jalen Warren was six for 36. And I really think that we, we played their, our third and shorts pretty well um, yeah. with, with getting folks like, you know, Derek Watt involved in Connor Hayward and things like that. So 
Um, I, I like what we've done from the ground game. And, and I think that has been a, a really great end to the season in terms of coming on strong there. Yeah. And I think he's a free agent, Derek Walk, but I, I do like that they've kind of used him a little bit more this year. He had, he had the touchdown on Sunday um, first, or I guess first rushing touchdown of the season. Um, I thought he had a lot more use this year, which, which was good considering how much we're paying him. But I mean, if you want to talk about the run game, flip it on the other side, Nick Chubb has been known to, to kill us when, I guess when they use him, because last year we, we laughed, they didn't use him very much in that season finale or home finale, but he only had 77 yards, 12 carries on 77 yards. So that's a good day for him. He had five catches for 45 and a touchdown, but I thought we kind of, we kind of st- stuffed them a little bit in the run game. I know Deshaun Watson had 44, yeah. um, but I thought the run defense played pretty well for a run, run first offense. So, so that was good too. Yeah. There were some uh, times I, uh, I'll say it here, admit it. I yelled at the TV just because Deshaun Watson seemed to scramble for yeah. um, quite a few too many yards a number of times um, yeah. on, on all those scrambles where we had some missed tackles or, you know, like how is he getting out of the pocket here? Um, so there was some frustration there, but overall, I mean, I wouldn't say he necessarily picked us apart. There were obviously some, some good, you know, passing plays by the Browns, but um, you know, I think a pretty, stomachable if that's a word uh, you know pretty decent sure. uh, performance here by the defense I mean the one thing that I gravitate to is seven sacks yeah uh, we are a sack machine against the Browns I also think super cool that uh, we start the season against Cincinnati with seven sacks we end the season uh, with seven sacks against Cleveland so that was a uh, uh, just an interesting kind of. Well, and the cool thing with that is, did you know, I'm pretty sure Cam Hayward had a sack on the first play of scrimmage of the year. And then he had one on the last play. Very of scrimmage, last. Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. So re- good, good stuff from, from the, the sack department. Although I think this is the first year I've seen in a while that uh, we didn't hit the 50 mark in sacks. I think we only had 40 as a team. Um, yeah. I think a lot of that we could probably argue is because of TJ Watt being out yes. Not necessarily that he gets the sacks, right. But he leads to the production from others. So, um, yeah, that's a story we'll maybe talk about a little bit more next week, but, uh, yeah. what else defensively, anything you want to bring up? Um, it was another game of, uh, of Robert Spillane and, and not Devin Bush. I'm pretty sure Devin Bush only had five total snaps, I believe. Yep. Five total defensive snaps. Um, so that's kind of been a trend down the stretch and Tomlin was asked about that and did say it was not because of an injury. It was because of scheme. Um, so I think there's some writing on the wall there. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I thought I thought some guys stepped up. I thought DeMarvin Leal popped a little bit. Mark Robinson was on the – I know he missed some – made some some errors on a couple of the plays. But just like seeing those guys in the draft class have some have some good quality snaps and, and play. Yeah, and two interceptions, one by Casey, one by Wall- Levi Wallace. Um, that puts the Steelers, I think, as, as the team with the most interceptions this year. Tied for first, yep. Tied for first, which is a, a, a pretty neat stat. I mean, we haven't seen a ton of DeMonte Casey because he had been hurt for a good portion of the season, but I I really like what we ultimately could have with him. Man, um, he, he made a big impact. Yeah, Terrell Edmonds is a free agent. So um, is Casey. 
so is KZ, right? So um, ideally, I would like to bring both of those guys back again. We'll talk free agents in a whole nother episode, and uh, yeah. we'll probably say a few things here. But um, I liked what what Demonte KZ brings and what he brought in this game. So yeah, I think again, I'm satisfied. You look at the scoreboard, uh, yeah. 28 to 14, and and what's our record against the Browns? I mean, we're like 21 and one now uh, at home or something. Something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and the game was domination. I know it was only fourteen points, but I think we we controlled that game. And and just on the the interceptions, real quick. Ever since Terrell Austin came to the Steelers, so before he was the DC, he was the DBs coach. And and we've ranked in twenty nineteen, we were second in interceptions. Twenty twenty, we were tied for first. Last year, we took a dip down, tied for fifteenth, and then this year, we were tied for first. So under Terrell Austin, those guys, I mean, we could have had the lead if we would have caught one of those picks against Miami. So yep, uh, we we definitely your ball hawks back there and i think Nick fitzpatrick has a lot to do with that but yeah. that's awesome we're getting sacks and interceptions that's huge yeah ball hawks for sure i like that word um cool anything else we want to wrap up here with with the game any final takeaways no uh, just a good way to end the season i think yeah definitely dominate the browns love to see that especially after they disrespected mr rogers and the terrible towel on on twitter so yeah all right well i'm gonna give my balls a steal for this game to cam hayward um, Great pick. I, I think we've talked about him a good bit in some of the uh, prior games that we've had. I, I don't know if he's won a Balls of Steel or if he's just been an honorable mention. I don't think I've given him one, um, but I think, you know, hell of a performance from Cam. I think oftentimes he's very much overshadowed by some of the other players on our defense. Um, we mentioned he had a sack to end the game. I think he had, um, what do you have? Just, just two. Two, two sacks, not just two. He had two sacks. Eight tackles, three solo tackles, a couple tackles for loss, four QB hits. I mean, really strong game from from Cam. And I think this brings him to 10 and a half on the season, which I yes. read. Um, he's the first Steelers defensive lineman to have three back-to-back seasons of 10 or more sacks. So Yes, that includes Joe Green and L.C. Greenwood. So some pretty good defensive linemen did not do it. Yeah, so great stuff for Cam. Very deserving of my, my balls to steal. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give one real quick to a Steeler. Uh, just if I had to give it to a Steeler, I think I'd give it to Alex Highsmith. I know he's been a common pick this year, but he really popped and he had two and a half sacks on Sunday, uh, eight tackles, three QB hits. I mean, he was just all over Deshaun Watson. So it's great to see him continue to his year. But really, I think I'm going to give my balls a steal to somebody outside of this game. Team Hines of the Buffalo Bills. If you're not aware, so the whole Damar Hamlin situation, I'm sure you know about. Um they started the game, the Buffalo Bills, with a, a kickoff return for a touchdown, which was the first time they had had a kickoff return for a touchdown in three years and three months, which was DeMar Hamlin's number three. Um, so I thought that was really cool of, of Naheem Hines to, to finally show. And then he had a second one later in the game. And why I'm giving him the balls of steel is really because we needed the Buffalo Bills to win. They kind of came out a little flat and really probably didn't play one of their best games. But so his two touchdowns were were huge in beating the, the Patriots, helping us have a chance to get in and also keeping the Patriots out of the playoffs. So Naeem Hines, you can get my balls of steel this week. Knock the Pats out of the, the playoffs. That's never a bad thing. No. Um, definitely happy with that. Um, all right. Balls of steel done. How about a jag off? You want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Um this is a universal one kind of too. A little bit in our game, a little bit in other games. I'm going to give it to the referees. And again, <laughs> I don't like complaining about the referees, but some of the calls I saw this weekend were just absolutely pitiful. And we'll start with that Cam, Cam Hayward rough in the passer that you kind of touched on right before. It was actually the second touchdown of the game for the, the Browns in the second half. 
I mean, what was that? He, he, he tackles, he sacks Deshaun Watson, and what's he supposed to do, just let him go? Because Deshaun Watson was getting out of sacks all game, and, and all he did was just grab him and, and throw him to the ground, and I don't think it was vicious at all, and, and they called a rough in the passer, which set up a, a, a Browns touchdown. I thought that was terrible. Yeah. Um, I thought there was just a couple other plays, like even against us, the Okunjobi, I think, sack on Deshaun Watson. I mean, it was clear face mask. He almost poked his eye out on Deshaun Watson. I mean, I'm happy they didn't call it, but that's that was a blatant miss. I thought that was pretty bad. And then the one that might have impacted us the absolute most, um, if you haven't seen the play, go look it up. Uh, there was a horse collar tackle called on the Jets on the Dolphins' last drive of the game. Um, and you could argue it was a horse collar. You could argue it wasn't. I don't think it was. He, he basically grabbed the nameplate on the back of the jersey and yanked him down. But he didn't, he didn't tackle him with that. He actually got him with his right arm first, wrapped around the guy, and then grabbed the back. And that's just where he grabbed. And it set up the first down for the Dolphins when they were about to punt the ball and, and is why they kicked the field goal to win the game. So, man, the referees just had a bad weekend. And, and that's been a theme, I think, lately. So, jag off. That was a little long, but jag off to the referees. Referees across the NFL, it sounds like. All right, if you're going to go there, uh, I'll just step in. I know I said I am at peace for the season, um, but I'm going to give my jag off to the honorable Joe Flacco and the New York Jets. I mean, he got us one more time. Choking something away that uh, let me pull this up real quick, just because I want to see what the stats were against the Dolphins, unless you have it handy. I mean, that was just an abysmal, absolutely. Yeah, it wasn't good. Game. Here's here's the box score. New York Jets six to the Dolphins eleven. They got a last second safety, is what they call it. Really, it was six to nine. Joe Flacco, 149 yards through the air. Uh, total rushing yards for the Jets 38 um, against a, a rookie quarterback in Skylar Thompson. I think this might have been his first game. Maybe he saw some time earlier in a game, but um, just overall poor performance. So Joe Flacco. You know, had we done this podcast for 10 or 15 years, Joe Flacco probably would have been a recipient in, in previous years. But, Absolutely. Uh, but he's getting it now. So thanks, buddy. We, I'm we, glad he just solidified he's not elite because I was calling him elite just to try to pump him up. And man, did he stink on Sunday. So yeah, that was tough. Yeah, that was rough. All right. Tied a bow on the Browns game. Jag off. Balls of steel. Everything checked off there. Um Let's go ahead and jump into some of our, our takeaways from the 2022 season. And again, as we referenced, we will do some some deeper dives in, in some future episodes. But this is really just kind of meant to um, do, do a little bit of, you know, the main things that we either gathered or were focused on or we're kind of looking forward to. And Pold, I think we, we briefly said, you know, some of the, the podcasts that are out there do like draft style things where, yeah. you know, you know, you take something, then I'll take something, then we'll go back and forth. Um, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's pick three. I'm in. You can have first pick, but I get two, three. All right, that works. You get four, and I get – you get four, five, and I get six. Good good counting there. Yeah, yeah. let's right. do it. All right. Well, then I'm going to take the obvious one because I think it's a great place to start. And this is forward-looking and just retrospective. Kenny Pickett's the guy. I, I think we got ourselves a – a franchise quarterback. And I think he proved that he was the best quarterback in the draft um, with all the rookies. I know Brock Purdy's doing really well, but again, he's in maybe the easiest offense to play quarterback in, in the entire league. Um, so I I'm just so, so happy with Kenny Pickett's uh, maturity and how well he developed throughout this year from, from that first game against the jets till this last game against the Browns. 
I just I just thought he played so well and he proved that he is the franchise quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward. And I do believe we can win a Super Bowl with Kenny Pickett. So seeing that was was awesome. So that 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 has to be my my major takeaway. All right. I'll admit it. You stole that one. I had written Kenny is our guy, number one. That that literally and you said that almost the exact quote. When so. you offered me the first pick, I had to take it. That's fair. All right. I'm I'm gonna go with pick number two with and i can't believe i'm saying this because because we have both probably been back and forth and 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 our whole life as steelers fans we've been back and forth on this since mike tomlin has been our coach but i'm going with mike tomlin is is a hell of a coach he really turned this team around honestly i think there is definitely some things that you know if he carries our our you know, offensive coordinator, coordinator of Matt Canada into next season, my opinion will probably change <laughs> on, on him. And that'll probably get back to where it's, you know, back and forth. But you look at what he did to turn the season around. You look at the control that he has over these players and over the locker room. You listen to any player in an interview. They say, you know, it's Mike T. Um, he's a hell of a coach. He really keeps us in it. You mentioned the quote that Miles Jack gave, um, on the last episode, basically saying that any other team at two and six, they're just going to fold for us. You know, we knew we still had a chance. We were still in it. Um, So for my, my number two, I'm going to go that Mike Tomlin is just a hell of a coach. And, and let me go on a a really quick one minute rant. Yeah. uh, Additionally, because I know there are two sides of the coin to this. Right. And, and we could honestly have a full podcast episode on this Um, in that. Okay you never have a losing season and you make the playoffs. What? I don't, I don't know the number 12 out of 16 seasons, something, like something like that. Yeah. Um, that is freaking incredible. That is, that is awesome. Um, that's what you want as a fan. You get fans of other teams that don't have this consistency and it's really, really frustrating for them. The other side of the coin here is you look at what Tomlin's record is in the playoffs and in a postseason. And you look at, you know, the lack of productivity we've had, what would you rather have, right? There's two elements to the football season here. There's the regular season, and then there's arguably what matters the most, the postseason. So we haven't seen that productivity there from Tomlin um, on the latter half. And you could argue that when we had Ben and Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, that that was one of the best teams we would ever see. We couldn't get the job done then. So I get it. There are two schools of thought here. um, And I, I totally, that, that, part that other side of the coin totally resonates with me but for now just with what we have been able to do with this season with injuries with rookies um all that stuff i think i'm gonna go slot number two mike tom is a hell of a coach yeah it's a good pick i mean and from where we started the year and where we finished the year starting at two and six ending at nine and eight i mean that's pretty impressive but i think the point that gets me is and i know they like playing him for him because he's a player's coach and and all that stuff and i know that can lead to maybe some undisciplinary stuff undisciplined stuff but the way the players, ex-players, current players talk about Tomlin is is unbelievable. I mean, if you see Mason's cool uh, quote after the game, he said they asked why they didn't fold um, after the two and six start. And he said, it's Tomlin, man. He's special. I've played for other coaches to be here, to be around this guy. I get it. I get him. I get the Steelers. I get this city. That was his quote. And it was there was numerous other quotes, a number of guys saying that they played and, you know, fought to not have a losing season for Tomlin. And and I think that means something. I, I mean, I really do. And, and getting guys to want to play for you is important. And, and I do think he's a good leader of men. 
But on the flip side, you, you can't be you can't be satisfied going nine and eight and not having a losing season every single year. I know sixteen in a row is, is damn near impressive, but we also have won no playoffs games in the last six years, and we've only won three in the last twelve seasons. Right, that's pretty bad for a prestigious or, prestigious organization like ourselves that we can't even win a playoff game. So, I think I, I like Tomlin. I, I mean, he's here to stay, but we got to turn it around and we can't be complacent. We can't just uh, this year we can accept not making the playoffs, but we got to start making moves and, and, and doing things in the postseason to really solidify him being a so- really solid coach. Yeah. All right. So you're telling me that that was a waste of a second round or, you know, my first pick. No, I like it. It's controversial and it, it, some people will like it listening. Some people won't. So I think it's a good pick and Hey, he did do a heck of a year. People are saying he should be coach of the year. So I think it's a good pick. Okay. All right, I'm going to go this is the back front half of round two, right? I, yeah. I back here. So my second pick, I'm having trouble here. There's a few things that I want to mention, um, but I'm going to wrap this under the umbrella, kind of a, of a takeaway, but also a little bit forward-looking. Schedules matter. Yeah. On. So let me read you a couple of stats that I have here to back this up. The Steelers have more wins against playoff teams this season than three of the teams in the AFC playoffs. We have wow. more playoff wins than the Dolphins do, than the Ravens do, than the Chargers. Um, we went three and five against playoff teams. Um, so we had three playoff, three wins against playoff teams. We had five losses. Uh, the Ravens and the Dolphins were two and five. The Chargers were one and five. Wow. So schedules really matter in the sense of, you know, the, the, I guess the strength of schedule. Um, look, I say this because looking forward to next season, we already know what our schedule looks like in terms of the opponents that we play. Yeah. And, and really quickly, just, you know, for the hell of it, do, the, do this exercise with me because I'm looking at, you know, if we're playing good football, let's just say good football, maybe how we ended the season and looking at these other teams, on how they're playing right now or maybe how they ended the season, yeah. I think we can do really well. Let's realistically say within our division, those six games we split, three and three, right? Right. Then we play the AFC South. That's Tennessee, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and Houston. Right. Two at home, two away. Real, two at home, two away. Realistically, we could win all four of those games. I think we are as good of a team, if not better, than those four teams. Then we play the NFC West. The NFC West is the Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks, and Los Angeles Rams. As it is right now, San Francisco 49ers look elite. Yeah. The other three teams don't look like anything special. I know we suck playing West Coast, but again, just looking at the teams there. So say we win three of those four, right? That then puts us 10 and four. The three other opponents we play, New England Patriots. I think we're better than them right now. Yeah. Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers might not be back, so and and Las Vegas Raiders, they look like trash. Well, and who knows going to be who's going to be the quarterback? Let's say we win two, one or two of those games. We're looking at you know eleven, twelve wins in playing teams that I strictly just think that we are better than. Sure. Um, so finishing third in our division um, this year plays plays its benefits. Um, for next year. Um, I think the scheduling piece matters. We had a pretty tough schedule this year. We had eight playoff teams that we played 
um, and our division is only getting better. So uh, I'm going to go. I know that was kind of a long rant and and maybe not as relevant to what we're kind of looking for for takeaways. But no. I, I like the thought of schedules matter. We had a tough schedule this year with a rookie quarterback. Um, so things I think will look up for next year and, and we're kind of set up for success, hopefully. Well, and that's a, it's a good point, too, though, because I think we lose uh... – like we don't focus on that very much or we don't think about it because this is the first time since 2012. So first time in 10 seasons that we have not finished first or second in the division. So next year will be one of those, those years for the first time in 10 that we'll, we'll have an opportunity to play some, some, maybe some lower level teams. I know they could be better next year, but I think that's a really good thing to point out. We definitely had a hard schedule to start the year this year. And, and that that's obviously what the difference in the season was. So no, I think that's a, I think it's a really good pick. All right, over to you. All right, I'm going to go with uh, – I think we arguably could have the two – the best pass rush duo in the, in the league. Mm. Uh, we all know what T.J. Watt is, and, and here's an, here was another one of my takeaways. I'm just going to group it in here. I think T.J. Watt might, might be the most impactful player in the NFL, um, at least on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, if you look at our record with and without him, it, it's night and day. And that's not just because he's creating sacks. He, he's – creating double teams against them. He's creating just pressure on quarterbacks. He's, he's making teams game plan around him, maybe chip him with a, a lineman a line, or a running back or a tight end. It, it's just the game plan changes when he's in the game. And I think the whole defense does too. And the defense, if you look at the first half of the year and the second half of the year, and we'll dive into that in the coming weeks, they were late and day, diff, night and day difference. And TJ Watt is the difference in that. So, we have him. And then on the other side, you have Alex Highsmith, who had a career year, 14 and a half sacks, which I believe is, I think, sixth in the um, – I have it right here. That's sixth in the NFL. He also had five forced fumbles, which was tied for first in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he's only 25 years old. So we got two guys who are studs coming off of – I mean, TJ didn't have the best year of his career because he was hurt. But if those two guys can stay healthy, I think they can run havoc on the, the edge rushers or I guess the tackles in the – in the league for the coming years. And I think they could arguably be up there for the best duo in uh, all of football. I like that pick. I mean, I, I stand by the stat we brought up almost every single, you know, episode, the six game, six of the games, six of the eight games that we lost, we didn't have TJ Watt with us. Right. Um, you could make the argument that in a close game, he's a game wreck. Well, you, you, he is a record no matter what, but yeah, you can make the argument that in a close game, someone like him can, actually change the outcome of the game so right well and i can argue too just to say one more thing about this i think if if you look at our defense it's predicated on getting pressure up front to allow our secondary to not have to cover that long we don't have great secondary players that they're okay they're not all they're not great and and a lot of that is is counting on tj watt to be in there and creating pressure i think that's why we struggled against buffalo and some of these other good teams because we didn't have tj watt so the secondary had to cover or play man longer and it just opened up holes so i think he's a huge player and i just i don't know i think they're i think they're good and that, that's great for the future all right all right my one third more. and final pick and yeah. uh i think this is another good one I, i'm gonna go with this is a bit of a projection, and, and we'll see how it comes up in the coming years, but I believe this was Kevin Colbert's best draft class he ever, uh, you he ever had for the Steelers. That, that's, damn. Really, you okay. had that. Man, okay. so he, if, for those of you that don't know, he's, he was our general manager from 2010 to 2022. If you go back and you look at these drafts that he had, 
the other one that might rival this is his first draft in 2010 where he took well, – which, which actually I don't even know if he was – well, he was in the building, so he was probably a part of it. But they took Marquise Pouncey, Jason Worlds, who was a really good DN, um, Emmanuel Sanders, Thaddeus Gibson was pretty good, and Antonio Brown. That was his first draft. From there on, it's all mediocre. In 2011, Cam Hayward's the only guy I've mentioned. 2012, David DeCastro – is really a Kelvin Benjamin in the in the seventh round who's still playing or Kelvin Beecham? I'm sorry, that's not bad. The 20, 2013, Le'Veon Bell, Jarvis Jones, Jarvis Jones is terrible. Yeah, Marcus yeah, yeah. Sweet we is terrible. What this, year. this year? Kenny Pickett, franchise quarterback. George Pickens, number one receiver to lead the to lead the charge in the coming years. DeMarvin Leal played really well. Was really versatile in interior exterior defensive line. Calvin Austin, I still believe, will be our slot yep. receiver next year. Connor Hayward will be the number two tight end because Zach Gentry is hitting free agency, and Connor Hayward really came on at the end of the year. Mark Robinson, as we keep talking about, might be a starting linebacker next year. I, I think every single one of those guys, except for Chris Aluadakon, or the other quarterback we took. Other than him, all those other guys are going to be making an impact for the years to come. So if you can hit on guys late in the in the draft, that that's huge. I like this pick. I, I should have stole it from you. This is where I wanted to go with, with my last pick. Um, I totally agree with everything you said about these guys. I think you could make the argument that after the second day of the draft, so anything after the third round, yeah, if that player busts, you, you don't even count it. There's right. there's very low expectations for fourth round players and beyond. And our only bust in this class was Chris Oladukin. Oladukin is how you say it. Yeah. Okay. Well, he was I the only bust. That. We, we all have no, no one knows why the hell we picked another quarterback no. in the seventh round. That was just a really strange thing. Maybe it was done just to put a little fire under Kenny. Uh, maybe they really liked it. Who knows? Yeah, I have no idea. Was there. Um, call him a bust. That was the only bust seventh round pick. Um, this draft class looks amazing. And and let me tell you what, I mean, I am extremely excited about all of these guys. I could ask you the question of, of who you're the most excited about in this draft class. And I think there is no wrong answer. Um, no, there's with, not with any of these guys. Uh, I mean, a guy like Connor Hayward. I mean, man, he has really just come on the, the back half of the season, and, and I'm excited to see how we use him. You mentioned Zach, Zach Gentry's hitting free agency. I mean, I think we're going to keep Derek Watt, but he's hitting free agency too. Connor Hayward is kind of a, a tight end fullback hybrid. So yeah. who knows? I, I mean, this is a really, really good draft class. I love this pick from you. I'm I, Now I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Sorry, I left you a little speechless. I thought it was a good one. Okay, let, let me go with a little bit of a hybrid here, um, kind of combining two of my thoughts together um, with our run game and our offensive line. Love it. Yeah, love it. And I think the, the, the theme or the title you would, you would put in, in this box is, you know, I think we are on a path to success with our run game and our offensive line. Absolutely. The run game, I'll pretty simply say, I mean, Najee with a 100-yard or a 1,000-yard season, he's the first Steeler to ever have two back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Yes. Two, is that right? Is that Two, yep. Um, and Jalen Warren clearly established himself as the number two back. Um, there will be a lot of competition for who, who you get in the mix for number three. There, quite frankly, might be a new rookie that we draft. Um, but I think what we've gotten out of the run game, especially since the bye, 
um, has been great. And a lot of that, I think, is due to the offensive line. I mean, going into this season, I think you could ask any Steelers writer what they were most concerned about, and it was probably the offensive line. Easily. Um, One of the things that really played in our benefit is how much this offensive line stuck together and how much they were able to play together for an entire season. I have a stat here. The Steelers' starting offensive line played 5,753 of a possible 5,800 snaps this year. That's over 99% of snaps that our five offensive linemen played together. That never happened. And I believe three of our offensive linemen played every single offensive snap this year. Yeah, so this this is something like, I mean, unprecedented that you don't see any type of injury like this that pulls you out for at least part of the game, yeah. an entire game. I mean, you know, I, I would argue that offensive linemen go down yeah. more frequently than almost any other position. I could be totally wrong, but it's just kind of what it seems like uh, being a football fan. Um, so I think really great stuff from, from the offensive line, obviously there's work to do there. I think we're going to spend some early draft capital on an offensive lineman, maybe a couple, we'll see what happens there, but I think it wasn't nearly as bad as we expected it to be. Um, and I'm happy to see that. And I think a lot of that, uh, led to a really, really productive run game. So that's kind of how I'm going to round it out with yeah. That's a good run game, and and thanks to uh, you know an offensive line that actually clicked. Yeah, that's great. I, I mean, I know the questions aren't fully answered. Demore is definitely still a question mark, but I mean, he played good down the stretch. You can argue he didn't have good opponents, but uh, got to give a shout out to to Pat Myers, um, the the offensive line coach. I thought it was a pretty before the year started. The guy had not done well. Just got fired from Carolina. I just didn't like his resume. He came in and man. That scheme looks good. They were really clicking, especially in the run game. So, yeah, I think that's a great, great pick. You care yeah. if I throw in a couple honorable mentions? These will be like yeah, quick I hitters. Honorable mention as well. All right, so I got two here just real quick. I, I think – or three. Devin, Devin Bush played his last snap as a Steeler. That, yeah. I just want to point that out. Done. Ten snaps in two weeks. It was by choice. He's done. He's done. Uh, number two, I, I think that we have to point out that this young core can win a Super Bowl, I believe. I mean, if you look at the young players on the offensive side of the ball and then the, the superstars we have on the defensive side of the ball, this this team at its core, it needs help, it needs work, but the team is in a position where it can win, I believe. I don't know if your thoughts, what your thoughts on that are. I, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's definitely optimistic. Yeah. But I think for sure. I mean, I read a stat that said the, the quarterbacks in the AFC playoffs this year, Mahomes is the oldest. He's at 27. Right. Kenny Pickett, I think, is 24. Like you get a little bit of experience under this guy and, and you bring up some of those weapons like Calvin Austin. You keep yeah. healthy with Chaywin in the mix. Like we have some really strong playmakers. I mean, dude, George Pickens might be the best wide receiver we've seen on the Steelers. You know, maybe aside from Antonio Brown, I, yeah. I think it's really tough to argue that Antonio Brown is not the best wide receiver ever on the Steelers yeah. or in, in the past 20 years. That guy had an incredible talent. He's a piece of shit. Pardon my <laughs> son, but, you know, um, he is incredibly talented. I think George Pickens, you could argue, is probably the next best. I think he's going to be better than Mike Wallace, better than Santonio Holmes. Um, but, you know, some of those guys, I, I think. And we've only seen part of him, too, I think, as they continue to trust him and let him run routes that aren't curl routes or or go routes, I think he will be even better. 
So I'm going to give my honorable mention here, and this is this is forward looking, but this is also based on an observation. I have some stats here to back this up. Um, the Steelers did not have a 1,000 yard receiver. Mm-hmm. I looked back to the 2008 Super Bowl season, 15 seasons. Do you know how many seasons we had a 1,000, at least one 1,000 year uh, receiver? Take a guess. Most of them, probably. Most of them is right. 12 11, out of 15? 11 out of 15. Um, and three of the times we didn't have them were in the last four years. Um, this mm. year, 2020 and 2019. Three of those 15, we had 2,000-yard receivers. Heinz Ward and Antonio Holmes in 2009. Antonio Brown and Mike Wallace in 2011. 2018, we had Juju and Antonio Brown. We'll, we'll do predictions in another episode, but I, I would sit here and say to you next year, I think we have 2000 yard receivers. I think we get there. I think, it, I think we get DJ and Pickens with 2000 yard receiving season. They both had, both had 800 yards. It's not like it's that far off. No. And, and I don't think it's far off for Pickens at all. The DJ one is Johnson, Russell, but well, Deontay Johnson clearly could have got there. Cause the dude had like 60 targets where he didn't even do anything with them. That's fair. That's so, a, I like that. So that's that's kind of my one of my honorable mentions just here in, in terms of um, a little bit of the receiving piece. I mean, we had the lowest amount of passing touchdowns all season or yeah. out of any NFL team, um, 12, which is just absolutely pathetic. Um, so that's definitely worth mentioning. Um, one other honorable mention I'd like to give here. Let me see if I can find it. Um, Oh yeah, you you suck at predictions. That that's my that's hey, my. Hey, TJ got to five and a half. TJ that's pretty Watt, good. TJ Watt did not surpass Alex Heisman when he came back. You did not think that Najee was going to have a thousand yard rushing, and I don't think you picked Deontay Johnson to lead the season, lead the team in receiving yards. Oh, I forgot about that one. Listen, Najee only got it by thirty eight yards, but I mean he still got it, and I don't know who I picked for receiving, but. Yeah, my projections were were pretty bad. Yeah. Well, what's what's kind of wrap? Wait, let me give one more. Okay. This will be a quick one. We need to keep the gold end zones. Oh yeah, those are cool. I mean, how awesome were those the last two weeks? I know that they're gonna say, "Oh, pit this and that." Pit's gold too. Why can't they just roll with gold in the end zones? I mean, they look awesome, and I just have to put that out there. I, I would sign a petition to keep it. Like, that looks sweet, and we should keep it. Yeah. All right, that's it. I like that. There's a couple of things here that, that you know, I, I would like to mention, but uh, I think we'll save it for next episode because we're running pretty long here. Yeah. Um, so I, I think and I hope for our listeners that kind of ties a bow nicely on, on the season. Um, gives us a little bit of closure here for, for 2022. As we said, we're going to continue to, um, you know, produce some episodes. Maybe we'll get some, some other people to come on. I'd love to do that. See who we can get on, on the show here. Um, we'll see what happens moving forward, but for now, I think we're going to call this episode as it is. And, yeah, uh, and we'll try to give a better schedule if we if we know what we're going to do. We're still kind of up in there what the schedule is going to be for the off season, but definitely can expect them at least every, every week or two. So for sure. And I wish, I wish we had another game to preview. The fact of the matter yeah. is, we don't season's over. But hopefully, we still got some some good football to watch here and and find a rooting interest for the Steelers. Uh, I don't know who that is, um, but we'll see. We'll think on it, and yeah. uh, we'll we'll be back with you guys soon. So yeah, it's been fun. Uh, 
yeah, give us a, a follow on Instagram as always. Um, we'll take some listener questions on the next few episodes and uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you guys soon. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace.